clubhouse. Why didn't you just tell me he fell off his horse? That's what Rowdy said. You said I never lie to you, so I didn't. Well, you're gonna have to lie now. Or you're going to prison, son. Rowdy ain't got no family. He's just a drifter. We could drop him off to the train station. I spent a lot of trust in this boy. The boy's putting a fair amount in us, too. Quit fucking crying. I don't worry about consequences was before the fight. Now, there's a thing I could do, but if I do it, you don't ever leave this place. You'll be part of this ranch until the day you die. And you will do for this ranch what I say do. No matter what that is. You understand me? This ranch is the only family I've got. They never leave you. No matter what you do. Sheila. And welcome back to the Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone. We are talking about season five. Today's episode is number seven, titled The Dream Is Not Me. So, welcome back, Sheila. Welcome back. So, this one is episode seven of 14. So, we are halfway. Yeah. I like this episode way better. Agreed. Yeah. This was a much more exciting and, and entertaining I feel like it had a little bit of everything. Like, it made me laugh. I got a little sad in a moment. Like, got a little distressed. I I, I was like, ooh. I know. We got brucellosis back again. Um, (laughs) No, I feel like the pacing of this episode is back to what we're used to. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot happened without seeming like it did. But And we also got some, you know, good cowboy time, which is always a good time. I didn't know Walker had so many teeth when he smiled. <laughs> we could even bring back a teeter talk this episode because, man, jeez. Uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely a great episode. I really liked it. I really, I yes. really appreciate seeing as much as we did from Jamie and the Cowboys. Like I, you know, we always talk about how much we like the bunkhouse. Uh, I was gonna say boys, but now there's there's a gang. So I'm so glad we got a little bit more of that and just that lighthearted entertainment from them. So it was definitely a great episode. Although I, I feel like we're saying goodbye to Lainey Wilson's Abby. I, I feel like this is, and sad. it makes me sad because she has literally been on my Spotify mix this week when I've needed a break from Christmas. Same here. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. I um immediately after that episode where she sang Watermelon Moonshine, immediately went to Spotify, added that to my playlist, and I've been listening to it nonstop. And so when I get in my car and it like populates the thing and it's like, hear more from Lainey Wilson. I'm like, yes. I feel like, yes. So yes, I'm, I I'm a you. fan. I, I've had heard a couple of her songs. I just didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah, this has definitely made me take another look and I'm enjoying, like, especially last episode, like, you know, last week's episode, rather, let me say that, that Watermelon Moonshine has definitely been something that has, it lived rent-free in my head for about mm-hmm. seven or eight days now. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't looked it up yet, guys, you really need to. It's a good one. 
Yeah, we'll add it to our Yellowstone Tunes playlist on Spotify. I have already done that, Sheila. Oh, thank you. I apologize again. My voice this week, I'm, I am feel like I'm worse this week. Uh, I just, I apologize still in advance coughing. for my, still coughing. Now I have like clogged ears and it's just, it just doesn't want to leave me. So um, I apologize uh, for how I sound. I sound worse than I normally sound. So, uh, you know, tis the season. Yeah, right. Tis the season. One other thing I liked about this episode was the tie into the four sixes. Like I've been wondering for a long time how this was going to happen. You know, we got Jimmy down there last season, but, you know, it's literally been radio silence on everything else about the four sixes ever since. I did do some information gathering just to try to see what we do know about the four sixes as of now um, as a show. There's really nothing out there yet in terms of a premiere yeah. date or it basically still says it's in development. They're not even shooting yet, apparently. Oh, wow. um, so I am keeping my fingers crossed that maybe in the back half of this season, we're going to see Jimmy as they make their way south. I know. That's a big deal. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you know, yeah. I'm talking about how much we kind of miss the dynamic that he brought to the, the show and the bunkhouse. So I feel like the like the pacing is back. So I, I'm a little less, to, you know, a little less on the uh, offensive side against <laughs> the season so far. But, yeah, I'm excited that the, the prospect of how, how they're going to tie the four sixes in. So I like it. I think it's pretty funny that she called him up and was just like asking questions like, dang. Yeah, I mean, like, leave it to somebody, like, not in New York to be so willing to give out the information. Sure, we raised 8 million pounds of beef last year. Wait, what? Yeah. We're like, you know, my New York haunches were like, why is he so readily giving out, like, their business model? (laughs) Uh, Because we Texans are just nice like that. I know. You know. I read something somewhere. I think I saw it on Instagram. It was like, people from New York are not nice, but they're kind. Right. Where, like, people from the West are kind but not nice. So, like, a New Yorker will change your tire, you know, and tell you to get the hell out of the way and not be nice about it, but they're <laughs> kind and they'll do it. Where, like, somebody from the West might be like, oh, that's too bad about your tire, man, and they won't do anything about it. So, right. Yeah, I that's feel like funny. that's like New York in a nutshell. Like, we'll tell you to get the fuck out of our face, but <laughs> we'll actually sit there and help you. But we will help you, and that's nice. <laughs> that's funny. So I think that this episode, just the opening scene of this flashback with Rip and this other drifter cowboy, that was so dramatic and intense. I was like, whoa, okay, ah, stop, eat, uh, like I was very much, okay, okay, ah, that's enough. Like it was a lot. And it was really bloody. Yes. And it was in the dark and it was still really bloody. I appreciate the sort of like jumping right into the theatrics of it all. I was like, dang, man, that's how we're starting this? Okay. But that was a little bit graphic. It was. But I also think it's really sweet that even though Beth treated Rip like less than dirt, that he still was Mm -hmm. defending her honor. Like, I feel like this shows like his true nature, his true character. And that he didn't lie. Yes. He was told to. Yeah. And he still didn't do it. Good for him. So I thought that was interesting to see Rip sort of indoctrinated to the train station information. Sort of appreciate the way that John worded that. Like, I, I can help you fix this, but then you have to stay here forever. I'm not sure if I follow the solution. So the solution is to erase Rip from the map because he killed this guy and he's going to have to introduce him to the train station. No, I thought he was already erased from the map. 
That's because what of I what he did to his thought. stepfather. That's what I did thought. He I say, thought he was did John already... use the words erase from the map? Basically, he was saying that you can never leave this this ranch. So, like, I'm summing it up by saying that, like, he's erasing him. But I was mm. like, I thought he was already erased from the map when he came to the, to the ranch. Yeah. I, I guess this is basically tethering him to the ranch for the rest of his life. Yeah. I thought this also might be a scene where we have to see Rip get branded. So I was wondering if that would happen because I guess once you know about the train station, you can never leave. But we didn't see that. But I kind of kind of thought that might be the moment that that. Sort that's of came actually into really play. good. I didn't even consider that. But now that you said it, we'll probably see the branding happen then probably next episode because if they're doing this flashback, because they kind of keep mm-hmm. doing this flashback scene at some point in in these kind of like middle episodes, I guess they're going to have to get rid of Rowdy's body next episode and i guess that's when the branding would happen yeah yeah i guess because we saw the brand the cattle brands this episode i was like like, (laughs) they haven't been used in a while i wonder if those ranch hands were like oh god like Like my dna is on there (laughs) yeah geez um (laughs) sorry i just appreciate any time i love these flashbacks because i'm really happy when we get to see josh lucas i love young john dutton it's hard to say young john it's not easy to say that, actually. Um, I did love, I don't know if you, you picked up on it, as John and Rip were talking in this flashback scene, and he's telling him that he can never leave the ranch, and he's going to have to be here for the rest of his life, the theme song is playing in the background, but it's a play on the theme. It was very mm. low. I listen to everything with headphones when I watch these screeners, so I, I do hear everything kind of like up close and in stereo in my ears, <laughs> and it was... Like this very soft building because then the scene ends and we go right into the main theme. But if you go back and listen, there's a really soft crescendoing play on the theme. And I just really appreciated what it added to the scene. It was it was building this gravity of the situation like Mm -hmm. you're 14. Well, he's probably not 14. He's probably like 18 at this point, 17, 18, based on when Beth was going away to college. And he doesn't know what the rest of his life has in store, but now he's made a choice for the rest of his life. Yeah, this is a big deal. I didn't specifically notice the music, but I always appreciated good background music. That's how I randomly find a lot of music that I like is from TV shows. And then when I play it in my classes or somewhere else, people are like, where is that song from? I'm like, oh, it's actually from this other random show. I like when music adds a lot to a TV show, but... I didn't specifically notice that. There is a great website called TuneFind, T-U-N-E-F-I-N-D. I dot com, And it basically, it's like a wiki website where people add to it. And yes. you can type in the name of any show. Yes. And it will tell you the names of the songs that are in the show. And you can add, you can ask questions, you know, if you want to nice. play clarification. It tells you the scene where a song is played what? so that has been a very useful website in my life that's awesome how did i not know about this because i'm obsessed with music i hear from tv shows so yeah Thank so i mean you. you can go back and find whatever it is that you're looking for Yay. you want okay, to reach good. back and you want to go back to like punky brewster days you can go yeah. back i don't know if it has that but it definitely <laughs> has more contemporary <laughs> okay like sure. random side note you just made me think of it i have in my shopping cart right now, a t-shirt from uh, Jesse and the Rippers. 
oh my whole house and i'm like i really want to buy it i don't know mercy i know it's like his face and then it just says jesse and rippers and i'm like yes but i don't need another t-shirt i don't know no i think it's in my cart i think yeah so well thanks for that info i needed that Learn something new every day. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to share the love. You do. You share a lot of information. Useful. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's useful. But we'll definitely place in the top five if we play trivia together for sure. Oh, yeah. I've got girl, a lot of useless knowledge up there. We should totally do that. I would be, I need to go. I'm good at Friends trivia, Gilmore Girls, Schitt's Creek. That might be it. Yellowstone. I say we'd be pretty. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I bet yeah. we could do pretty kick-ass at yeah. Yellowstone trivia. To be yeah. honest. Fun fact. So the the same night that this episode comes out is the same night that 1923 premieres. Before we get yes. too far into this episode. So going forward, that's going to be on Paramount Plus. You got the first one tonight with this Yellowstone episode, but going forward, it's on the Paramount Plus network. So just mm-hmm. to, just to keep it more confusing. Right. So I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm a big fan of Harrison Ford. I'm a big fan of Helen Mirren. It's funny because I get a lot of text messages about where my friends can watch Yellowstone and asking for my Paramount Plus login. And I don't actually have that because I have the screeners. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, I cannot. I'm sorry. I don't actually you. watch this on TV. I watch it on my iPad. My right. bad. And they're like, oh, man. Sorry, friends. Sorry. It's, it's it's the few perks we get from doing these podcasts. Yeah. Early Don't access. actually have to pay for the Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Back okay. to Yellowstone, episode yes. seven. Sorry, sorry. Digress. But I didn't want to forget that because our friends over at Pod Clubhouse, Caroline and Mike, are going to be having a podcast all about 1923. And I definitely wanted to mention that before we got too far yeah, into Yeah, it's going to be great. Yes, I'm excited for that. So just like I'm happy when I see these flashbacks with Josh Lucas, I'm also equally happy when I see Rainwater and Mo. I just love him. Both of them, actually. He's a force to be reckoned with. Like, I, like I feel like so his much. profile has been raised this season. Yes, because remember, he just started off like a driver. Yeah, he was like security Like we didn't bodyguard. know he was like an advisor. Yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, now he's like the guy in the room with Rainwater. So yes. I like that I, because now he's like a confidant. He's, you know, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about like the council, like the tribe council, mm-hmm. um, kind of not being at the forefront like they were in earlier seasons. And I feel like the council has given Rainwater enough reason to not trust them. So I like the fact that Mo is the person that he is, you know, confiding in and... Um, mm-hmm. And that Mo is somebody who is so upstanding that would definitely have his back no matter what. I feel like this man oozes ethics and integrity. Yeah. He just has like such a presence. And I don't think that that's acting. No, oh, no, I agree completely. I feel like that's right. just his personality. Yeah. I just feel like he has that Like presence. that command. Yeah. But I also um, appreciate how his role as Rainwater's, I guess he's like Rainwater's version of Rip as well. You know, he's he's the mm-hmm. confidant, but he's also the guy who gets stuffed up. Yeah, he's had a few moments, like, yeah. cleaning up some messes. Yeah, like last episode, Chester. Yeah. Chester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do we think of this meeting with Linnell? I really like that she's reaching out to them to give, I guess, give them a heads up. And I, I don't know, I, I really like that they, like, sort of came to to the same team 
work together. I thought it was really like respectful the way that meeting went down. I, I agree that I feel like it was very respectful. I feel that their prior relationship and their rapport from when she was governor has really helped here. But also there's a disconnect here because, you know, and he calls it out. He's asked John for a meeting. Mm-hmm. That meeting has not come. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's being told this with the senator there and nobody else, right? So, you know, the disconnect of John not being there, I feel like this is going to drive a wedge between John and Rainwater where they were on decent enough terms, you know, the last couple of seasons. But however, Rainwater does rise above that sort of snub, I guess. I'm going to call it snub because he did ask John for a meeting and granted the time and place wasn't the best and he even acknowledged that at the graveside. But, you know, Linnell even says like he's off playing hooky and and Rainwater's face is just like... Oh my god, like seriously, like this is the man that you know we've entrusted our know, future right? to. But about this meeting with Linnell, I think it's really a very savvy move on Rainwater's part to get her to stand by him and disavow the pipeline all in the same press conference just yeah. moments after being handed some really awful news. Like he was able to get it together real fast to make this a double win for him. Like he gets, yeah. you know, the federal senator standing next to him saying that she stands with him and also thinks that this pipeline idea, you know, going underneath their drinking water reservoir is a terrible oh, no. idea. I feel like the other shoe is going to drop because John is absent from this and somehow this is going to reflect poorly on him. Like, I don't know if he's going to feel like Linnell is ganging up on him, you know, with with his quote unquote enemy, one of his enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering how this is going to play out because some someone somewhere is going to have their feathers ruffled. I think, though, that several people, but specifically Linnell, has been warning John. Like, you're sort of not paying attention. You're not checked in. You're not acting like a governor. Like, this isn't going to go well for you. So I think, you know, John's sort of ignoring that. And here she is. She's got to sort of move forward whether John's there or not. And so, like, if he's upset about it, then he should have been there, you know? So I think she kind of has like sort of a justified. (laughs) Right. Like she's got a pass here, but like she even knew that he was off playing hooky and basically no one's answering calls at the governor's house. Right. So, I mean, I think she's kind of like, well, you, she could say like, well, I tried. You didn't, you didn't listen to me. So even if John is upset with her, I feel like she sort of has a quote unquote, an excuse, you know? No, you're right. She's given him enough warning that he needs to take this seriously and he can't just. And same with Rainwater. He's asked several times. He's, you know, said, I need to talk to you. So I feel like him, John, just ignoring this situation is going to come back to to bite him. And also the fact that John doesn't have anybody in his government right now, with the exception Mm -hmm. of Clara. He's fired everybody else. So anyone else who Technically, he has Summer, right? Well, Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, he fired the whole cabinet a couple episodes ago, so he doesn't have the infrastructure. It's like nobody's doing anything at the Capitol. That's not good. Right. Exactly. Like the people's work still needs to be done, even though you're off branding cattle, Mr. Governor. Yeah. So, So, yeah, I just like I feel like this is going to be one of the sticky points when we come back from this little break Mm -hmm. that's coming up. But um yeah, I just feel like this is going to drive a wedge between John and Rainwater. The fact that he's been so absent and has now kind of fallen down before the finish line on you know delivering some important news to Rainwater. I'm kind of thinking about this pipeline, though, and like what other option they have other than just to 
get rid of it altogether. Because I'm guessing it, if it's going through the reservation, that means it can't go through John's conservation easement and all this stuff. Like, it's a big undertaking to try to move that, I guess. So, and it also kind of made me a little sad that the government can just sort of come in and do whatever they want, ultimately. Right, because this one is the path of least legal resistance. Yeah. Like that was so just... that kind of sucks. Like it just in like just in my mind, like a very general idea. I was like, man, that sucks. Like the government can just sort of do whatever they want. Yeah, and Linnell even kind of glosses over this thing. Well, there's state land, you know, to one side and park land, and the other one's private mm-hmm. ranches with funds to fight it, and the governor's backing. So uh, you know that tells you all you need to know. That it just sucks. Like I was, yeah. Like, that was sort of my takeaway. Like, man, that just. That news, like you said, it just really sucks. So I think, you know, the plan is pretty aggressive. Like like Rainwater and Linnell are, okay, we're going to do a press conference like tomorrow. That's pretty aggressive <laughs> as far as um, getting ahead of it, you know, like she said. So Right. And then it, it also got the sense to me that this is going to come out in front of the federal announcement. Yeah. So there's going to be a surprise kind of on a lot of fronts. And I just like this is where I'm wondering what the fallout's going to be, because now yeah. John's going to be blindsided. Rainwater's going to feel snubbed. And there's just there's enough bad blood underneath the water under the bridge that they've allowed to, to happen to this point. I just feel like it's going to churn up some of like the season one animosity. Remember right. when John had rainwater tossed in jail and stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go back to those days. I was, you know, <laughs> they've done a lot of work. But oh, it's, just, yeah. it's just, this is too big to not have some hurt feelings on both sides, I feel. Right. To not have a, a reaction. <laughs> There's somebody else who's not so happy with John in addition to rainwater. This conversation with Jamie and Sarah. In the beginning, when Jamie is talking to Sarah about like his upbringing and his passion yeah. for the ranch, does this sound like a campaign ad to you? No, I liked this part of that conversation specifically so much what? because that's because that's what I've been saying all alone is uh, is he's like you why does he hate me for becoming the very thing he forced me to be and I, that's what I feel like the root issue is so I'm glad that like he finally said it because I don't think anyone on the show like any of the characters have actually addressed that issue we've talked about it a lot but yeah. no one's actually said why does he hate me so much when all I've done is what he asked me to do and I just needed part, someone to yes. say it that I just part I agree with. Yeah, but this okay. part about him, his, his passion for the ranch and bull genetics and, and the nuances of pasture, yeah. you know, swapping and stuff like that. I'm kind of calling BS on a lot of what he said here. Why? Because everything we've seen of Jamie up until this point is that he is more comfortable in a suit, in a courtroom. And the only time he's been a cowboy is when he was forced to do it after his last big family betrayal. I say last big because I feel like the next one is his. <laughs> it's already FedExed. It's already his the delivery date right? is set for next Sunday. Well, no, next, <laughs> next Sunday. A week from Sunday. That's the only time that he's really been on the ranch. He has not expressed no, I think, a lot. I think of, he was talking about his childhood, like his teenage years. He learned all that. Didn't sure, his teenage like, years, but that's yeah, a so, long time removed. He's forty yeah, something years old. That's how he was raised. I like to know that stuff, and then all of a sudden, his dad he gets an acceptance letter from Harvard, and is, he's shipped off and turned into a lawyer which he didn't want to be like that didn't feel forced to me or rehearsed. It got real icky 
when Sarah started talking and about like tourism is the only resource and you and she's sort of she felt more like a like a campaign ad to me the way that she was just interacting with him and then it really creeped me out when she was like just say it like just ask me to help you save it I was like what the hell kind of that is so manipulative and creepy like why that was weird absolutely there with the marionette strings and you know she I didn't know initially what her mechanism was going to be to get to Jamie but this is the most effective like she has Mm -hmm. nailed his insecurity to the nines and she just knows how to like push all his buttons like this conversation so this is what I wanted to talk to you about so this conversation that Jamie and Sarah have in, in the middle of this campaign speech between his campaign speech and her campaign speech, <laughs> what are we to make of Jamie saying that he doesn't want John's love, but he wants his approval, his appreciation? Can't you say that the three of those are kind of intertwined when you're talking about a parent? Um, um, in general, probably, but not with John Dutton. I don't feel like he loves his children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like we've, a, we've talked. You said yeah. this is not a family. This is a like I don't. Highly I think. I think his parental abilities are are severely lacking. So I think that Jamie might recognize it that love is not what could come from John. It's uh, maybe he's just not capable of that. But I do see that he just could expect some approval and appreciation for everything he did at least appreciation like did he even get that when he graduated harvard and came back to montana and was being a lawyer like did he even get any of that you know like this is exactly what we need thanks okay you know i have like something just popped into my head and I'm, (laughs) i'm actually feeling really sad for jamie right now do you think john and evelyn went to his graduation from harvard oh gosh uh well i'm sorry uh evelyn Um, would not have been alive no based on the timeline because he was born in 1979 okay Uh, that does make me sense if he did he would have graduated college he would have graduated undergrad in like 2001 or so and then law school three years later so he would have been about 25 so do you think john went to massachusetts to Mm. see his graduation not if it was calving season. <laughs> I'm going to say no because it probably fell smack in the middle. It was the springtime. They're calving, yeah. right? Damn, Sheila. I think we just put that as a Twitter poll. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, I don't think he went. I think there was ranch business to attend to and he found course, a convenient yeah. excuse not to go. Oh, shit. That sucks. Now I'm sad. <laughs> and I don't think any of the other Duttons would have went either. Beth wouldn't have. Casey, Casey was probably too, too young. young. Lee yep. was probably knee-deep in calving, branding as well with John. Yeah. And Beth is sure shit not going, so... Oh, hell no. Well, damn it. Damn, that yeah. Sucks. Talk about, you know, resentment. Mm-hmm. My mom flew all the way to Australia to see me graduate. Oh, <laughs> So nice. Yeah, long story. Another time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this conversation was sort of the beginning of the scheme and Sarah pulling that marionette string to sort of get him to say that, like, I just want him to just appreciate me and for her to be like, well, you and I both know that's never going to happen. And and this ranch is never going to work. And tourism is the only thing that's going to save Montana. Like getting him to be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think he was already somewhat bought in to her. And I think now he's officially like bought in, like he's all in. Yeah. Um, I think all his chips are now on. Her yeah, like on Sarah's side of the table now. Yeah. Yeah. So then, like I said, it just for some reason got real creepy to me when she was like, "Just ask me to help you save it." I was like, "Is that 
that she's trying to be sexy or yeah, like, I know what I'm confused between her that? power plays and her sex moves. I, I, I was like, like I get the, like maybe there, I mean, some people like that sort of bossy sex play, I guess, but I, um, yeah. that was weird at the moment. I was like, okay. And then I think it's even almost creepier that she shows up at his office the next day without him knowing that she was coming. Like that freaked me out. Yeah, well, I mean, this is very one-sided. You know, she's getting all the information from him, mm-hmm. but she's not sharing any information. And I don't know if he's smart enough to see that. His secretary tries to give him a solid and mm-hmm. warn him. And, you know, Jamie's secretary for the win. I really like that line where she said, uh, men know what women want them to know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, it's kind of true, right? But mm-hmm. she sees through Sarah's BS so fast, and Jamie's currently blind to it because his other head is having so much fun. So <laughs> his, his actual head is not in the game. <laughs> but it was interesting to me that the environmental groups would now be on the bandwagon to sue market equities as well because of the conservation easement. And I'm wondering if that was just a happy accident or if this was a calculated move on Beth and John's part. I think it's just a happy accident. I don't think that they were planning on having uh, okay. additional uh, filers on the lawsuit against Marquette Equities if Marquette Equities was to sue the state. So I think this was just a happy accident. I don't know if Beth and John knew about this, but Jamie and his non-ranch legal prowess was able to see right through. Uh, I think that you might be right. I think that Beth had said she was, you know, sort of one step ahead of all of this, not two. So maybe she didn't think that far ahead about who else would be involved or how that would affect market equities or suing the state. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it was that planned out. I know, I think her putting the land in a conservation easement was strictly to protect you know, the land around the ranch so nothing could go through it. But I don't know that she really saw all the fallout of all of these other... Yeah, I I don't think that there was, um, you know, that they they figured out who would else be in line behind them Mm -hmm. kind of protecting the ranch. Um, It's always just been them kind of with their laser focus ahead on how to save the ranch, not really playing into who else would be involved. Yeah. Do you think that this is an impeachable offense enough to oust... A governor, a governor like John Dutton. So he as the governor put it in a conservation easement, not he as a landowner. I don't know if market equities really cares at this point. Well, I'm, I, does it matter is what I'm, I, was what I'm asking. Does it matter if the governor did that? I don't that right? know. You know, that's interesting that I think, you know, the, the legal political nuances here are they haven't been unraveled enough for us. Mm hmm. But Sarah mentions that, you know, the, the state's going to be on the hook for the $4 billion lawsuit. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. So I, I think the fact that it's, I'm going to say it's, it's probably private citizen John, but in his role as governor, didn't make it any better for him. Right. I mean, so I think I, there's a lot of words you could use sort of in a suit against him as like, you know, neglect or any of these legal terms you want to use, but... He's not bad faith, like or bad. Yeah, like he's making deals. He's making bad faith negotiations, like all of these things. As in, we have no intention of carrying through with this. Like those all look bad. I think it looks like an impeachable offense. I don't know that John specifically did that, that, but I think him being non-attentive and non not present and not 
and just doing that one <laughs> bill of, of canceling the, the airport right? and, and then walking away and being nowhere to be seen, that looks bad, you know? And so I do think that even though he got elected, like you said before, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a landslide. He hasn't been doing press conferences. He hasn't been showing his face at other things. Like at this point, if anybody else in the state is like, hey, well, what about what I said or what I needed? Those people could easily flipped sort of against right. him, I guess is what I'm saying. But do you think that this is going to be enough to oust John, a governor like John Dutton, let's say, for instance, will be a part, part of the old boys club, you know, doing the favors. Do you think this is enough to get him out? Yeah. Four billion dollars of your state revenue. Yeah. Yeah, bankrupting the state. Yeah, that's a pretty big problem. So I did some research. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. There have been a handful of gubernatorial impeachments in U.S. history, and there have been more resignations. So for the record, Montana has only had two governors resign. The last one was in 1933, and that governor, John Erickson, went on to become the senator, so he resigned to go to the Senate. The other governor to resign was back in 1908, and it was due to poor health. He just couldn't do it anymore. But the last governor to be impeached in the U.S. was actually Rod Blagojevich of Illinois. Do you remember him? No. He was removed from office in 2009 after trying to sell then-President Obama's former Senate seat. To sell his Senate seat? Yes. He was offering up the Senate seat to the highest bidder. That's an impeachable offense. And he actually got convicted and went to jail. He's supposed to serve 14 years. He served eight. His sentence was commuted quietly in the midst of a pandemic. (laughs) I bet. So anyway, but that's the last uh, impeachment of of a governor that we've had in our country. So Interesting. We might get another one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why Jamie doesn't sort of like when he's alone with Sarah, I think Ellis leaves the room. And why doesn't he say like, "Hey, why did you just like spring this on me?" But he doesn't. And then she, well, she sort of comes being in, all and, sultry. Yeah, and she sexy. comes in again with her like speak and like this is, you know what? Oh, just occurred to me. This is an impeachable offense. Oh yeah, you know what happens? You know, it's like she, just and asking about uh, things. She's the icky. Procedure for replacing mm-hmm. a governor, making it completely sexual that her pack. Is going to fund his campaign. And then yeah, she, leaves. she said, we're fully committed to your election. But I did notice that she said, we want to make you, gov- we want to give you a chance to become governor and take our land back. So mm-hmm. she didn't say your land, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just so, sad that he's not seeing any of this, that he's being so manipulated and he's going to come, he's going to have a come to Jesus moment. He's going to feel like an idiot. He's going to have a shotgun in his mouth again in the field. And Oh gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I think like like what if he sort of wins and becomes the governor? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like he could sort of fuck it up like he always does or Beth could come in and threaten his life like she always does. Or I mean, this is some pretty powerful backing. Um, some big, right. bigger things going on, you know, 4 billion dollars being lost, the state is being bankrupt. And then here comes Jamie Dutton saying, I'm going to do it. You know, I want this and I'm going to get us back on track. And John's nowhere to be seen. Like, this could actually happen is what I'm saying. Like, don't, yeah. do you think? It could happen. It just, the only, hold on. Like, to me, it would feel sort of like a win for Jamie, even though he's like, looks 
slimy, I guess, to us because he's stabbing the Duttons in the back. But for him, look at it from his perspective. Like, this could be, like, it could happen, I think. There's a couple of things that I just have in the back of my mind. I'm wondering about how sure-footed Marquette Equities is. Remember, they fired the CEO. Uh-huh. Their stock was imploding. They're, yep. Like, there's, like, some dominoes that are tumbling. And I don't remember who said it, but they didn't expect Marquette Equities to last the year. But also think about how if you were struggling and you needed that airport, you needed that income, you could fund a campaign, couldn't you? In, in a state like Montana. Right. I'm sure they still have resources. It just makes me wonder about Jamie's ability to follow through. Well, not without someone telling him what to say. Right. Well, you know, but that's just it. Like Jamie on his own does right. not have the sort of wherewithal to, to make this happen over the finish line. Um, so that just makes me a little nervous because in the past, you know, things have gone south on him and he hasn't handled it well, to, to right. say the least. So I'm just wondering, you know, sort of how this is going to play out if he doesn't have the backing of Sarah basically standing up behind. And then I'm always going to say, huh, Christina is somewhere lurking in Montana. <laughs> yeah, but she wants him to be the governor. She wants him to, yeah, I just don't you know, know she's like, going to appreciate Sarah, you know, the, the, yeah, she the method. She doesn't want to be with Jamie. She don't care. Yeah, don't I know. Her. But I, I feel like it's it's one of these like territorial things. Mm. I don't know. Those women in Montana are built different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this is his moment that like could happen. And he's already so disconnected from his family. Like, I don't know. I know it sounds like people don't like him because he's not loyal, but I almost am kind of rooting for him at this point because John and Beth are such shitheads to him. So I don't know. Part of me kind of wants him to win something. You know, like I said it before, I really like Jamie's character because of how complex he is and how slimy he can be and then how competent he can be. And it's just like, well, which one are you? Yeah. How insecure he can be. Right. And how easily manipulated he can be by Sarah, the reporter from way back in season one, by Christina, by Beth, by these women in particular, the ones that like mold and shape him however they want. But Sarah said something that I, I didn't want to let go before we moved off of Jamie. She said that John is jealous of Jamie because John can't do what Jamie does. Do you remember that mm-hmm. that part? Yeah. yeah. I thought this was a very interesting spin and I hadn't considered it before. And I wanted to kind of get your take on it too. Like John clearly resents the need he has in Jamie. Like he needs Jamie for certain things, but it grates on him anytime that he has to have Jamie do <laughs> anything for him. But Jealous wasn't something I thought of before. Is she onto something or is she just stroking his ego? Because like it just gave me enough pause to be like, hmm, that's an interesting take on it. I didn't give it much thought because in the moment it felt like she was just stroking his ego. Like she was just saying what Jamie wanted to hear. So I didn't really consider that as an option as if John actually being jealous. I don't think jealous is the word. Maybe resentful that he probably needs Probably resentful. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that he's probably resentful of the fact that he picked the wrong kid to go to Harvard. Who should he send? Beth? Beth. Yeah. Because if yeah, Beth I don't had think the same he's training that Jamie had, she would be unstoppable for him. That's true. Yeah, jealous is not the word that I would use, but I, I definitely think resentful... It was good because, I mean, it did what she needed it to do for Jamie. Yeah. So I liked um, seeing Jamie practice his speech. I thought it was a good speech, actually. Oh, the one at the end? Yeah. 
But of course, she's sitting there her little lingerie. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. very easy to oh, you know, sound forceful when you have sex at the end of it, you know? Oh, jeez. They like turn to the couch. She's in there in her little nighty. I was her like, little oh, of course. Pink nighty, yeah. So when he's practicing his speech here um, at the very end of this episode, calling on a vote to impeach John, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I was like, Beth is going to kill Jamie. Yeah. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is the end for Jamie. Like, she is just going to decapitate oh, him. Shit. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's the problem. No, Jamie. he doesn't because he hasn't That's thought the this through because he's no. not thinking clearly. But think about this. Okay, so when is this speech happening? It feels it feels um, close, right? It feels, it feels imminent. Like it's it, imminent, okay? It feels like it might be on the same day as the press conference. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It feels like... The same urgency of Rainwater and Linnell's press conference. So is all this shit going down one day? Because damn, that would be good. Well, the next episode is the mid-season finale. So it's going to have to end on a cliffhanger. Because I don't know when it's coming back. I can't find bleep all on the internet about when this is coming back. I don't know if it's in the spring. I don't know if it's going to be after 1923 finishes. we're taking more than a week off? Yeah. It sounds what? like this is going off the air for a while. No. Yeah. No. I'll go on YouTube TV again and see when the next one is. It just, it just has it through next. Not It's not coming out next week. It's not coming out on Christmas Day. It's coming out right. on New Year's Day. This okay. next episode, episode eight. Right. And then after that, I think it goes on a break. Aww. I just think this has to be the episode. Like, how amazing would that episode be? I want to see John lose his shit. He just was going to break this, like, 100-year-old. He's like, he's just on the fire. No, I want to see him, like, pitch a fit. Like, it's like, come on. I don't know. I just like need storm into the Capitol be like, get off that podium. Yeah. I don't I know. Don't There's going to be some epic throwdown at the State House because, well, I feel like Linnell's press conference is going to happen at the reservation. I don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. in a political forum. But Jamie's. I don't know. State he's going to be on the plea. yeah yeah they're both going to be on the news it's going to be you know pow one pow two and for all the media sympathy or the media sway that was in john's court last episode i feel like yeah. it's really the tide is going to turn quickly just like it does in like all the political this would be crazy dealings. if they were both on the same day dun, dun, yeah. dun. oh i'm excited get those screeners to us quick Yay! Not like they've been doing like the like the day of. The- <laughs> but I hope, yeah, you're right. I hope that Jamie has some sort of security detail because Beth is gonna storm into the Capitol like with a shotgun. She, I'm telling you, she's gonna decapitate him. <laughs> like that's it. Like you know, he's going to the train station one way or another. Beth is just gonna lose her shit. Like the kinder, gentler Beth that's been emerging. Um, and we'll mm. talk about her next. Um, ooh, I just feel like this is gonna bring back you know the one that fought out the Beck brothers. <laughs> Well, I guess there could be a small chance that she's on a plane to where? Colorado? Texas? Where were they going? Oh, yeah. Wherever they're... They're stopping in Colorado or somewhere? I don't know. There was, there was a whole lot of places listed along the way. But, you know, she's planning to ride out. She might not immediately be able to kill him at the moment. Right. It might be delayed. Yeah. <laughs> By, like, another plane flight back to where she just came from. <laughs> to like kill my brother. <laughs> Oh, oh see, God. okay. This has to be so good. Oh my gosh! Please make it on the same day. I just, yeah, we okay. have uh, we have high hopes for the next episode. I do. We want I some fireworks. See. It'll kind of undo the last two episodes that I wasn't that mm-hmm. wild about. This this will erase all of those negative comments that I had. Sorry. 
Sorry for the negative <laughs> comments, but yeah, they, they were warranted. Yeah. All right. So I guess we really have like this whole like branding bunkhouse fair thing yes. in the middle here. And it takes up so much of the episode and it is so great to see these dynamics. I really enjoy like this whole stretch of the episode. I did too. Because it made me laugh. It made me like, oh shit, about the land and the the cattle can't be sick and you know, what are we going to do? And then it made me a little sad when Carter's like, but what about me? And so I just, it had a lot in it and I really enjoyed it. It was so literally everybody had like a heart tugging storyline like pulling on the heartstrings kind of a thing yeah so this conversation between summer and beth so the morning after yeah the walk of shame the walk of shame was funny. she said something like you uh, this better be worth a walk of shame or something yeah, like half her church is camped out behind oh them. my gosh let's Can you imagine no no but then there's this, so Laramie emerges from her tent and yes, Summer emerges and, and Beth Summer. is sitting out there judging the little sluts. And Abby. You know? <laughs> yeah. But now, like, so Summer has to have her moment where her and Beth have to spar a little bit. But do you think that Summer and Beth have come to some sort of common ground? I feel like Beth isn't being quite as mean with her as she was in the past. Yeah. I think that it might have cooled off a little bit. I don't think it would take much to boil it back over again. But yeah, I think no, but that like Beth has stopped of, calling her yeah. names, at least to her face. Yeah. I think there's some sort of cool down. Like, I mean, after you beat up someone, I guess you feel better about it. I don't know. I've never beat up someone. But... I don't know. I never really beat anyone up. With the exception of the kid who tried to steal my brother's bike when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. no, yes. That's the one fight I've ever been in my life. <laughs> But I bet you feel better after it. Oh yeah, I, put, I pushed that this like big kid off because like, like I was begging on the fact he wasn't going to hit a girl. Right? <laughs> like, you know how much overtime my mom had to work for that pow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean maybe there's a little bit of like um, I wouldn't say calm. Just like I'm going to leave you alone. Maybe yeah, it's like this like mutual agreement to shut Ignore down the, the hostility. Yeah, just to me agreeing to get along kind of thing i feel agree to disagree yeah i hate that phrase so much i do too i, I hate that phrase. i was about I hate, to say that i hate it is what it is i hate that one too i'm like if i'm disagreeing with you over something it's because i'm passionate about it if i right. don't care then i'm just letting you say what i like well, okay well, that's fine but if i'm actually taking the effort to disagree with you it's because i fully 100 percent to my core need you to understand my side so agree to disagree is like no i can't can't not about this like no not today the friend. reason i'm arguing with you is because i need you to hear me right so and agree to disagree but like i know i'm Mm-mm. not gonna change your position but like i will be respectful and voicing my opinion I'm not gonna call you names like Beth. i feel like names. people say agree to disagree when they don't when they're tired of listening to you do you know what i mean yeah it's like okay fine i give up like if i felt like you heard my side and at least respectfully listened and then still didn't agree with me, which I, you know, of course, not everyone, but, but at least listened and said, okay, thank you for sharing. Like, but I feel like that's not how people use that. They use it's it very as dismissive. shut up. Like, it's very yeah, dismissive. it's dismissive. It's like, I'm tired of you. So we are not going to use agree to disagree on this show. <laughs> we both feel very passionate about that phrase. Yes. And, and the same with it, it is what it is. No, it is not mm-hmm. what it is. It just, <laughs> sometimes it's just a shitty situation and it just, yeah. you know. Suck it up. Okay, back to the show. Anyways. Sorry, sorry we digress into our own so you know, philosophies. <laughs> All 
Are you surprised that Beth has basically had like an about face on life, like her marriage? Like she, I don't know what to do with a happy Beth. I like it though. I feel like she's struggling with her newfound happiness and letting yeah. go of some of like the callousness that has ruled her life. I feel like she's caught somewhere in the middle. I mean, when you live your whole life on the defense and well, I'd say she's angry. more like on the offense. Like I feel like she's well, the one attacking everybody. Agree, but that's a defense mechanism, so that she doesn't yeah, get yeah. attacked. So, like her that's wall I mean. is up all the yeah. time. So when you're when you're on that level of like. You know, she just doesn't know how to, like, be anything other than that. So I think it's weird for her. So she's like, oh, this is actually nice. Weird. Right, like she's played like by I these be dreams, unhappy. you know, of how horrible she was to rip and stuff like that. And she's trying to atone for that. I just don't know if she's going to be able to do it without help. And I don't think that Jamie's going to help <laughs> any of this going forward. This is going to send her over the edge. Back, really back on back on the other side yeah like i mean she's drinking less yeah at, at least to the point that we saw her in prior season like she, i feel like she's more lucid and i feel like that's a product of her being happier i am liking seeing the side of her i just don't know that she doesn't know what to do with it she doesn't know how to stay there i guess you know rip said that you need something to fight and i think that's just who she is i don't know that she can change that part of her well, I don't think it's going to change that part of her, but I feel like it's just not seeping into every aspect of her life now. Well, now she's got to be mean to the sluts just because it's fun. But like even she then, has... it still didn't have the same venom. No, it didn't. That it's had in the past. But now this conversation between Beth and Monica, I was like, oh my God, I, was like, I wanted to lead with this because I was like, oh my God, this was a lot. It was so sweet. So it was big for them, I think. I appreciate Monica saying that, like, why, like, calling her out to you, like, why are you so mean? Like, why are you like this? And why are you not mean to me? You know, like, I liked her sort of addressing, yeah, addressing this with Beth. You know, Monica's, I feel like, the one of the few people who can call out that elephant in the room with Beth sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've had their moments where, you know, Beth is stuck up for her in some really big ways. I'm thinking of the department store a couple yeah, of seasons back. That was huge. Yeah. It really was. And and I feel like that's one of those things that you come out a different person on the other side of something like that. Like your relationship yeah. with that person is now forever changed. And for them, it's for the good. Yeah. For her to confide in Monica, because Monica's like, I don't need your sympathy. Like, I don't need you to be nice to me. And she's like, no, I like I genuinely care because I know how you feel. Huge. And that she can make the distinction that, you know, Monica is maybe not a person that she should be as cruel to. And this is what I mean about like the Beth, like Beth being like two different people now. Like would Beth of two seasons ago divulge this information to another living soul? No. Hell, Rip doesn't even really know the truth. Not that we've seen. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think he does because I think he no. will, like, you know, the, the threat that Beth made against Jamie that, you know, her husband's going to rip his arms off. He doesn't know. So now I just want to know, like, what do you think? Like, what does her now sharing this information with Monica mean? Does it go any further? Does Monica say something to Casey? I don't think so. I feel like this was such a sincere moment between them. I think it was just a moment. Like, I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? But meaningful and powerful for just them two. I don't think that Monica explaining it to Casey would even convey what actually happened between them. So I think this is just like one of those moments between them two that they've, again, sort of recognized something in each other that they care about. I thought this scene was just beautifully written. I think it was it was so short, but it was so powerful. And you said the, the right words. I think meaningful and powerful between these two women who have sort of been like at opposite ends of the mm -hmm. same family sphere. 
Yeah. And now they share something so devastating and so personal and so awful that Beth can't even share it with the love of her life. And that neither of them, you know, it's like not something they, they're going to want to talk about to everybody. It's not, it's just something between them. And I think and I think Beth saying like I've never told this to anyone is her way of saying like don't tell anybody. So I think that right. this secret is safe with Monica. I don't think she's telling anybody. This is what I mean. Like, this show did so much in an hour. Whereas, like, the last two episodes were like, what the hell happened in these two hours? This is like OG Yellowstone type of writing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that's what I said at the beginning. Like, I feel like the pace is back. Yes. And, oh, my Lord, did things pick up from here. My head was spinning the first time I watched this. I was like, wait, what just happened here? All of a sudden, like, we're talking about brucellosis again. That's that nasty bovine disease. It's a a hoofed animal disease. I didn't go back to see what it is. Yeah. It's just nasty. It's to do with, like, like, stomachs. Yeah. Gross. It's it's nasty. Little baby calf bison. I was like, ew, well, poor, like, the baby. (laughs) What is it with the animals in this show? So immediately, you know, gosh, and then they write up, oh, there's something you're going to see. He's like, I know. And then this uh, next one. And then that's like six, seven, eight calves that they just found in this one field. So this is a big problem. So brucellosis is very quickly, it's just, it's a bacterial disease in animals that are most commonly affected include sheep, cattle, goats, pigs, and dogs, among others. Dogs? So dogs can get brucellosis. It's an huh. infectious disease caused by bacteria. And people can get it. Fabulous. Fabulous. And great. It looks like the flu. (laughs) Oh, no. This is how you end up on one of those medical shows. Yeah. So in severe cases, yeah, the central nervous system and lining of the heart can be affected. Jeez. Yeah. But the symptoms include fever, sweats, headaches, back pains, and physical weakness. That sounds like what I had last week. Yeah, nice. You have the... I have brucellosis in New York. Don't think that's ever happened before. Right. This is like, I mean, devastating to have to kill off the entire herd. This is just so stressful. This whole scenario of like John coming back to the ranch house, like, shit, like, what the hell am I going to do? If they test negative, I got to get them out of here. We got to ship them off. We got to pay this. And then Beth's like, we don't have money for this shit. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And I do agree with her. Like, why would you not sell them for meat? At this point, you have to do what's going to make you the money. And he's like, well, we don't, we sell cattle, not beef. Like, okay, but do you want to keep your business going or, or not? Has John been blindsided by Beth here and like her business smarts? Like if he's been in the business so long, how hasn't he figured out this end game? Like your cattle have a point where they become something else. He just doesn't want to. To me, it just seems he, it's not even worth thinking about because that's not how my dad did it. That's not how my grandpa, like he's so stuck on tradition or whatever, or whatever promise he made that he's not even going to consider other options. I don't think he's even thought about it. Yeah. He just kept saying like, this whole back and forth between them. He, she would volley something and he'd be like, well, they haven't figured that out or they haven't figured out that you know, the packer, I guess, you know, whatever the, the, the nuance of the, the, the beef game is. And he just stopped there. But she's like, no, they figured it out. Like, we can copy their model. Like, yeah. cattle become something else. In some circles, they become tasty hamburgers. In other circles, yeah. you know. I used to take thyroid medication that, you know, was made from bovine yeah. something or other. So, you know, cattle become something else. And in your there's money there. people. 
There's money it there. Is. So, <laughs> so I, I think it's just super stubborn and, and just stupid of him to not consider other options at this point. You know, like while they were having this back and forth, I'm like, but they have money. They had money pouring in last season from the horses that Travis was, you know, cutting for them. Yeah. You know, the horse, the horse showing and stuff like that. So, you know, there hasn't been like a whiff of that at all this season. So I don't know if it's not yielding what it was or they're just not considering that cash flow. Maybe that's just covering operating expenses. I don't know. Yeah, probably. But she specifically pointed out, like, you're not making any money like you have. Right. So to me, it's just unreasonable for him not to consider another option other than shipping his herd of cattle to another state to lease land for how much was it a month 1.4 million dollars a month a month like how does that make any sense i'm in the wrong business i tell you i know shit (laughs) i mean i wish i owned a pasture for for (laughs) horses and cattle to graze for a month 1.4 million dollars okay okay i don't know so this is stressing me out this conversation And then for him to be immediately planning to send off all of our favorite characters to another state for a year. Oh, I don't know. Indefinitely. It depends. And then finally, Rip throws out maybe a year. I was like, a year? A year, yeah. I mean, this is huge. Is this really going to happen, Sheila, do you think? Like, for real? I think it's going to have to happen. But I had questions about, like, who he chose. Like... Ryan doesn't make sense to me because he's a livestock agent. Like, wouldn't you want to keep him back? Yeah, he's a good cowboy, but Mm -hmm. Colby, you know, is equally as good, I suppose. But yeah, that was like immediately I was like, well, I don't know if Rip really thought that one through. Yeah. And then like that choice now spells the end of Ryan and Abby. Mm -hmm. Hey, the Lady Wilson. I know. Jake and Teeter made sense to me. Walker made sense to me, but Ryan just didn't because of the livestock angle. Mm-hmm. I was so funny how happy Walker was to be. He was like, "Hell yeah, I'm about to do some cowboy shit." Like, he was I like, didn't know yes. he had so many teeth. He was so happy. He was like so happy to get out of there. He's like, "Yes, finally," because he did. He's he's been. He said he's been at the four sixes before, right? Yes, like know, a long time he, ago. He yeah. knows of it. I'm not sure if he'd been there himself. I think that's a good call to have somebody there that knows oh, where yeah, you're going. Definitely. Is Jake branded? I can't remember. It doesn't seem like it. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I was just like looking to see like what was similar between all of them, but I, yeah. you know, most of them are branded, but who knows? But yeah, the, the Ryan angle is the only thing that I was just like, er, okay. Um, yeah. Only because of the livestock angle, but um, because now Casey's not really doing the livestock thing. So all we're left with is Officer Steve Hendon, who, when, you mm-hmm. know, we know how successful he is. Yeah. I think that this, it feels very rushed, this decision to ship off the entire herd and rip and half of their staff and then for Beth to be wanting to go with them. Like this just feels very chaotic and unsettling and confusing. So I don't know, especially if, so say next episode, (laughs) they're trying to ship all these cattle off. They're trying to send rip away and with, (laughs) and then here's the press conference from Rainwater Linnell. And then like this, that's just a storm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to handle in a day. That's a tornado right there. So I think if Beth were going to talk John into some other solution, she better come up with it in the next hour because he's already he's already moving forward. So I wish she would be able to convince him to do something different. It just feels like the wrong choice, I guess. I don't know. 
as as a business owner. He really should listen to her in, in that sense too. Like she went to business school. And she said, she goes, I've been doing, you know, 50 and a hundred million dollar deals for clients. She goes, let me do this for you. Yeah. Like why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he listen to her on this? So I hope that she puts up a little bit more of a fight on that or something changes, but we'll see. I thought it was really adorable. That Rip asked her to go to the fair. I loved that scene. This whole like this again. This is this is what I love about the writing of Yellowstone is that they have this momentous climax of of action, uh, and all the action right now has just been words. Yeah. Heard has brucellosis or you know suspected brucellosis. Got to move them. One point four million dollars a month. We don't have it. In walks Rip. <laughs> Do you want to go to the fair with me? And then John's like, wait. Is this some this sort of code for something? Yeah. <laughs> so that I funny. shouldn't be knowing about. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. I was like, that's hilarious. But that's like the the tension relief that we've needed. Yes, I needed to laugh. Like that, I we needed to laugh. Show. And you know, some of the writing the last two episodes in particular, I didn't have the same pacing. And like I've been mm-hmm. very conditioned over four and a half seasons now to know what to expect of a Yellowstone episode. So the, this, this episode had it. Like we had Walker saying we're going to do some cowboy shit, and yeah. this moment with John, and then we also had just you know the <sighs> the cattle moments right where they're you know roping the calves and stuff like that. So that's yeah. the comic relief that we need or the tension relief that we need and maybe it's not comedy oh but. you just mentioned the roping and that reminded me of summer and like i cannot believe she got in on the action first of all yeah Second of I all, was it was impressed. hilarious she was like oh, i'm so traumatized i'm so tra-. and i was I'm like so sorry, i think i think i would be too like ah, so my husband was telling me he's like yeah he was telling me that he's like seen this happen and he's like they just cut him off i'm like what are you kidding like why like i'm a little traumatized as well like that's eek the closest i've ever come to anything like that is i sheared a sheep once (laughs) (laughs) that was traumatizing because i cut the sheep with the shears you cut him i did a little bit on the leg i mean i know i felt really bad i was like i'm so sorry little sheep don't sorry little sheepy i know i i cut my dog's he was like bleeding the tiniest little drop of blood and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry like i was so upset so i don't think i'm cut out for cowboy shit no that's not for me no but i enjoyed seeing her so uncomfortable and just dramatic about it like being like oh my god ew, but ew, she ew. still like, did it so despite being yeah. traumatized and being dramatic about it but she also did it and i appreciated that she was able to set aside her principles and her her strong feelings about animal rights and things like that to see another side i think that that was an important step for her too yeah good job summer good job it was definitely a, a cool scene so it was before funny. we go to the fair the scene with carter and rip i know it was 14 seconds long mm. if it was even that long but rip called him son and with just enough gentleness for in him his voice to mean it but for him to not answer him i was like answer him he needs to know i just feel yeah. like that that's that insecurity of like oh like rip is the only person that sort of you know has there for carter him. there yeah and so for him to leave i bet carter feels super unsettled about what's going to happen to him so yeah, yeah everything he's because, he has nowhere else to go so and like this, if beth takes off with rip for oh, even part of it can't leave carter that's gonna leave carter in the bunkhouse with lloyd and Eek. colby and ethan <laughs> but those are nice guys. Lloyd yeah, would be are. nice to him. But you know, Lloyd is no. Lloyd has definitely taken Carter under his wing, and, and yeah. that's been a lovely relationship to watch. 
if the one person who like sort of promised you a job or say someone promised you a promotion and then the next day they got fired, you'd be like, well, wait, wait, what about, did they now tell what? you that? Yeah, what about like, me? Yeah. Didn't, didn't, did they tell you what they said to me? Because that's what they promised. Like, right. it's a little, it's, it's a unsteady, so. But he's also like 16 mm-hmm. and his parents are dead and this is his, this is his family now. And now yeah. the family's taken off for a year. For a year. So I, I felt it. I felt so sad for him and. It kind of bugged me that Rip didn't give him a little bit of a time frame. Reassure him a little bit, I guess, is what I wanted. But the fact that he called him son, I just hung up on that. I'm like, oh, good for you, Rip. Emotional yeah. growth. <laughs> I bet he gets, like, if they do leave, I bet Carter gets some reassurance that he's got a place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that. I, think I don't think it was just going to take off and be like, peace out, homie. No, and be like, yeah. no, they'll, they'll give him some reassurance. Mm-hmm. He might end up going. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe. Because Beth will be like, hey, we're going. He's got to come with us. There's been a bit of a warming on all parts with Carter. So I, yeah. I hope that they continue that. I don't know why they went to the fair other than it's like in town or whatever. But is it because the branding is over and this is like, okay, your celebration? But it was just, it's something you do like in a small small town. Yeah. Um, well, it's been around for 92 years. Yeah. You know? Rip was so quick to tell John. Like, <laughs> everybody goes. I don't know. I thought it was nice of Rip to tell the guys to go just as sort of like a release of. Well, like, you know, a little bit of appreciation for like the the job well done. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like enjoy the night Um, on me kind of thing. Yeah, so that was nice. And then I guess it was, like you said, it was funny for Rip and Beth to go. I thought it was funny that John sort of invited himself along. (laughs) That made me laugh too. I was like, well, he didn't technically invite you. I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't want to go to the fair with. My, my father-in-law father-in-law <laughs> I'm like okay Sorry. um but i uh, i just loved seeing carter and tate it's so funny too with their broken arms and they're like their guns <laughs> like they both have broken arms they're like the same age i hope that they become friends they need friends there's yeah. like no other kids on this show I so i they feel like these to. two need to like bond a little bit i did I find like it to. funny that uh <laughs> Casey was like so this was the first time that we've seen Monica and Casey like smile mm-hmm. like they're just genuinely happy right yeah <laughs> that they're becoming a taxi in a bank yeah <laughs> like every parent of teenagers this is their lament right when their kids start growing was, up and don't need them as much that was funny she's like well one day they're driving us around <laughs> not that soon Monica she should have let him drive the car at the beginning but sorry oh yeah yeah Oh, don't go back to that. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going back to that. Sorry. Moving forward. Moving forward. Uh, yeah, so we had some teeter talk this episode. Uh, she wants oh to win gosh. a, a I bar. On the bar. Bar? The bar? Bar. Bear. Bear. We don't talk like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Travis last season told her that there's no way that from where she's like drawing the map of where she's from, he's like, you are not from fucking Texas. Do not say you are from Texas. You are from yeah. Arkansas. That's so funny to when, who is she talking to though? The um Clara? Yes. Is it Clara? And she's like, oh, I girl don't know pal. what you're saying. Yeah. She's like, Are you speaking fucking English? <laughs> it's just yeah, over so the top. I feel like it's overdone. Like it was she was it's dialing it back and now like this episode is like she put the cotton wool back in her mouth. Who made a bar? Who made a bar? But I did like when she walked out, she's like, I love my fucking bar. I was dying. Oh, that's so funny. I like that the they had them all in unison, like, translate for her. That was... That 
She wants and Colby the bear. is just adorable at winning this this bar for her. The bar. The bar. That's so. That was I love that scene. That was so cute. I don't know how well Teeter is going to take the uh, separation from Colby if they go away for a year because she was part of the four that was picked. She um she said thank you like she seemed excited. She said okay thank you. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I feel like she's going to have a little little meltdown mm, um, okay. following this initially, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how this all goes. But um, I definitely think that Beth is going to end up out there with them. Maybe not on horseback, but Thank I think you. she's definitely going to be a little bit more. I don't see how she can with everything going on with the ranch and then with what's about to happen with Jamie. Like, I don't see how she can leave. That's a really good point that you said because I was like, oh, she's definitely going on the road. But now this Mm-mm. eruption with Jamie is going to probably... Because I figure she could do the work with the four sixes and learning sort of their business model that she could learn True. that on the road. But yeah. I feel like, I feel like yeah, what you said is, is probably accurate. Like... Jamie's going to prevent her. Like, John can't be left at the ranch by himself to run everything. He doesn't seem to be thinking clearly. I don't know. I don't see how she can go technically in a business sense. And then um, the resentment that that's going to breed now that like Rip is going to be off for a year and she's going to be tethered to this dungeon mm-hmm. that she's called it because yeah. of Jamie. Oh, Jamie's going to die. She's going to oh. kill him. Ooh, you know, right. that's it. You're taking away the one little breath of happiness that she has. And now you're turning oh, everything shit. on. Its, yeah. Like, ugh. I had her riding off into the, well, not riding off in the sunset, but she, her taking off in a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Heading to like, Colorado or wherever she's going to meet them. I didn't even think about the whole, her resenting Jamie for that. That's another layer to this onion. Yeah, but that's exactly where the blame is going to, you know, lay at. And she's just going to, ooh, she's going to... She's going to decapitate him. I'm sorry. I've said it three times. That's what I see here in Jamie's future. She's going to come at him with like a big kitchen knife. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's going to be bloody. He's going to be in the train station. I don't, no, I don't want to see that. This is not well, a I can't put anyone else in a coma. John's show. been in a coma. She's yeah. been blown up. Jamie's gotten away unscathed. So he needs a little bit of bloodshed. Jay- Casey's been yeah. shot for crying out loud. Yeah. John's been shot. That's actually a good point. He Jamie's really... got to shed some blood. It's going to happen. Dude. You're right. I haven't even thought of it from that angle. There's my bold prediction. <laughs> that is a bold prediction. You are. Jamie is going to shed some blood. Well, no. Jamie's blood is going to okay. be shed. There you go. Okay. But <laughs> on the preview for next week, he has a tiny little drop of blood on his forehead. Does that yes, count? Yes, he does. Shedding blood? I think because Beth probably got or to do him. You, do you think there'll be more blood than that tiny little drop on I his I think forehead? there's going to be more blood than just that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I did nuts, notice. I that. think his nuts are in jeopardy. I think <laughs> <laughs> if Beth gets anywhere within kicking range, his nuts are going to be on the floor. Oh, Either that or coming out of his mouth. Sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. Well, because I also feel that Beth has this pent up rage about finding out about his baby a couple of episodes ago. That hasn't gone nowhere. Ooh, why has she not told John that? Yeah. Well, I feel like she's probably waiting to unleash all holy hell on Jamie. And I feel like this, I feel mm. like this is it now. Like we yep. are at the apex here, the climax of where Beth is going to be like, it's all I can stand that I can't stand no more from you, Jamie. And she's going to unleash like <laughs> the fires of hell upon him. Because, yeah, this has been building for a while now. Like, yeah, there's been nothing about the baby since. And like I said, I don't think that she's going to do anything to the baby. I feel like Jamie's going to get the fire mm-hmm. of everything that she's got coming out of him. And this this 
impeachment proceeding that he's going after is just going to be the thing that tips her back oh, into sure. crazy Beth, crazy mean crazy ass Beth. Crazy mode. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be like a cut snake soon after this. So now she might really be going to prison. <laughs> They still have the train station. Well, what? No one's going to notice the attorney general's missing? Well, you know, accidents happen in Montana stuff. You know, people go kayaking down a river and they end up strangled and drowned. Okay. And medical examiners think, end up blown up in their yeah, labs. from smoking their own fumes. Getting I think, high on their own supply. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh I think God. someone might notice the attorney general's I think didn't so. show up for work. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's quite as easy as the train station. But this is very exciting as far as drama. And speaking of just like the last little bit of drama we can squeeze out of this episode as we approach an hour and a half, we get this cute little moment between John and Summer. Oh, yeah. What did you think? I don't know. It was sweet. But I still don't really, I don't know. Some, something about Summer and John was like, eh. But I do like the way they were sort of like, bantering and and flirting and she's like something about a sad song and a cowboy (laughs) but john (laughs) laughed when she was talking to him like he had this little laugh and it was like i took note because i'm like we haven't heard him laugh oh yeah like ever you know he kind of chuckles sometimes but like you know she was laughing Mm -hmm. about like him kidnapping her Yeah, so he has this little, like, I don't know, can a man giggle? I guess a man can giggle. It was this cute little, like, (laughs) chuckle of a laugh, and it just sounded so genuinely happy, and that's something that we haven't heard from him. And I just feel like it was just a moment for him. Maybe with Linnell, he's kind of laughed that way. Yeah. It did seem like that, like a moment that they were just happy. Yeah. Like, Like, together. You know, he was just not thinking about the cows and the brucellosis and the $1.4 million. He was just enjoying the moment, her, the sad song, mm-hmm. the not not wanting to postpone that look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked his little hat trick for... Yeah. Uh, I liked for, how much but, they've talked about all the people around and he's yeah. like, well, my press secretary's not looking and... Oh, she was busy making scared. out. Yeah. <laughs> she so. had her own cowboy moment. But yeah, the hat trick works, by the way. That was cute. I thought that was very <laughs> cute. And then we had uh, the band playing was a Zach Bryan. Uh, it was Zach Bryan and his band. Yeah. He was That's tweeting. good music on the show. He was tweeting as this episode was airing that he, he loved being out there and wants to be called back for, for many more episodes. So yeah, I guess he had fun. Well, I need to go to a country concert soon. It's been too long. Hey, listen, I feel like Ryan Bingham is calling our name in February. I know, February. he's very much calling my name. It's Fort Worth, it's not that far from me, Sheila. I can fly direct. Oh, jeez. <laughs> American Airlines tickets. fly direct there. Ryan, I need tickets, yes, please. We would definitely appreciate tickets and plug the hell out of the show. Okay, yes, exactly. We could be his promotion crew. Next episode is going to be on January 1st. There is a week yes. break and then after that, I don't know when it comes okay. back. In the meantime, 1923 is airing, and you can follow the coverage over on Pod Clubhouse with Caroline and Mike with the 1923 podcast. So if you are subscribed to this podcast, you will automatically get those in your feed as yes. well. So enjoy those. If you have not yet... I saw lots of positive comments on that show. Yes, so far. I did... I haven't been able to watch the first episode yet. I did but... watch the first episode. I loved it. I mm-hmm. thought it was really yeah. good. 
And then if you haven't watched, go watch 1883 to get yourself caught up in all the Dutton lore. If you're a fan of Yellowstone, you will 100%, I guarantee, really love 1883. And then this way you'll segue nicely into 1923. Yeah. Lots to do while Yellowstone is on hiatus. Lots of Yellowstone-like things to keep catching up on. Exactly. I think that's it for me. Do you have anything else? We talked a long time about this episode. Yeah. Imagine if, okay, so imagine if all of those things that we said happen in the next episode. Imagine how long our podcast will be next time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a lot to say. A lot Um, to say and a lot of editing to be done. (laughs) Right. We love you, editors. Thank you. Yes, we love you, editors. Um, But we appreciate everyone listening, everyone following along, all of the comments we get. Um, on Facebook and Twitter. So keep them coming. Thank you for reaching out and please continue to do so. If you can like and share, tell your friends and send them the link. We would appreciate it. Yeah. And any platform that you listen on, if you could rate, review and subscribe, always appreciate it. Thank you for listening. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Thanks again. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.